Amen. God bless you. We thank you. Me and Brother Dart were kind of talking this morning, coming up, <clears throat> talking about the price of things, eggs, some places, $12 a dozen. Half a fish is twice as much as what it used to cost. But one thing we, we talked about, Jesus said, come unto me and I will give you rest. Amen. When he gave it the first time, it was free and it's still free today. So just seek the Holy Ghost and eat much of it as you can. You'll be, you'll be fuller and better off and save money too. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let us pray. We're going to read from Psalm 89. Dear God, we thank you this morning. Love for your blessing. Love for your power and your endurance, Lord. Stand with us forever. Lord, you promised us that we could have eternal life, Lord, and you give it to us freely. God, and we pray that we will seek it and find it and walk therein. Lord, let us love one another with all of our hearts, Father. Pray one for another continually. Lord, if we all are a part of the bride of Jesus Christ, until the bride is ready, then not in part but in whole, Lord, you'll come for her. And we pray that you would guide us. Just remember, Brother Wade, this morning, touch him in a special way, that he may minister unto us the things we have need of. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Psalm 89. <clears throat> I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thus seed will I establish forever, and build up thy throne to all generations. And the heaven shall praise thy wonders, O, God, o Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heavens can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence to all them that are about him. Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. Thou hast a mighty arm, strong in thy, is thy hand, and mighty and high is thy right hand. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound, 
They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. God bless you. You may be seated. We know that joyful sound this morning. And we're going to be identified as that blessed people walking in the light of his counsel. Countenance. Amen. Brother Michael, would you come this morning? Lift up the uh, tithes and offering. Fill my way every day with love. Amen. We want every day to be filled with His love. Hallelujah. Oh, let me walk, blessed Lord, in the way Thou hast gone, leading straight to the land above. Giving cheer everywhere to the sad.
so much. He brought us from, you just fill in the blank. He brought me from different things maybe than you, but he brought you from different things maybe than me. But he brought us out of it. You know, out of and into. He brought us out of this world and brought us into Christ. And thank God he brought us into this message of the hour. Amen. Good to see each and every one of you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see our visitors with us. And Susan. She's been here before? You been? No? Yeah, neither. What's your name? Good to have both of you here, both of our visitors here with us. Uh, Kathy, I see that now. Thank you, Sister Janet. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. And um, good to have them with us. And uh, you live in Oklahoma. I know all about you guys. You live in Oklahoma. You, live in, you used to live in the Philippines. No, I'm just kidding. We have some brothers that, uh, and sisters that's from the Philippines, too. So good to have them with us today. Good to uh, make stuff at home. And uh, we, we love everybody with the love of the Lord. And we'll start making announcements um, here in just a second. But uh, if you want to have your seats, Brother Ryan, come up here. He wore red. Come stand right here. Several months ago, it's been a while. No, come over here and get closer to me. <laughs> Camera. Camera. Several months we um, uh, we were, don't fall. S- several months ago, we uh, approached Brother Ryan about being a deacon. And uh, he thought about it. And then as Brother Terrence announced Sunday, he said yes. And... Um, so, uh, as according to Brother Branham, you know, we're supposed to announce it, and then, then you vet them, let them see if, and you got to see if, whether, if you want to be of that or not, because the deacon's office is, a, is an office that's very, um, it's important, it's, it's, it's solemn. We, last night, if you weren't in the Bible study, um, we read the offices of the, of the people in the church, the pastor, sister, pastor, deacons, and all that, and this scripture we're going to read, the trustees and all the different ones we talked about last night. So Brother Ryan has said yes, that he would like to be considered to be a deacon. So I'm going to read the offices of the deacon and what they are required to do. Uh, as we were talking last night, the deacon has a little more requirement than a, than a pastor does. Because a pastor or a preacher 
can can be not married um, and be a pastor because hey, Apostle Paul was never married, right? So, but now a deacon, uh, Brother Branham, we read last night they brought somebody's name forth to be a deacon. He said he'd make a real good one. Said, but he's not married, so that disqualifies him from being a deacon. So uh, we've all known Brother Ryan, as we said before. Uh, he used to ride with us to fellowship meetings, be sick as a dog in the back in the back of that van because we were going around you know mountain roads and and he had to ride up front with us sometimes. But you know what? He was faithful. And then then we, he disappeared for a little while and he brought Gabby back with him. So uh, now there have four children, girls, only girls. Okay. So and they're and the, to me they're just a, a wonderful household. They're a representation of a true family, um, and and a representation of a father figure in that family. And then we now, as the church of of um, spoken word church in Lula, Georgia, we're going to ordain our brother according to what Brother Brown said. Let me read First Timothy three, Timothy three verse eight. It says, "Likewise must a deacon be grave, not double tongued." Not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacon be the husband of one wife, ruling their children and their house well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree. Wow. And great boldness in the faith, which is in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read the office that we have. If you ever want to know anything about the officers, there's a um, it's on the wall right there in the in the pastor study that you can read the different qualifications. All right. The deacon in this church, they must meet the spiritual qualifications according to first Timothy three, verse eight. And he does meet those qualities. Their duty should be to assist the pastor in all the ways in which he shall direct, such as acting as ushers, receiving offering, assisting with water baptism, communion, and praying for the sick. And Brother Brown goes on further and tells us that they are the what? The policemen of the church. The deacons are the policemen. They they um, are here to, number one, uphold the ministry of this church, Right? And then police that and make sure that that's carried out in the church in a godly manner, in a godly manner. And and then if there's any problems or issues, you're going to have to work out a little bit because you've got to get bigger. <laughs> if a big old guy comes through that door right there, you've got to run up and jump on him. You, make you hit him with a drum. Hit him with a drumstick. Yeah, Brother Brown, we talked about it last night. There was a, a, a man came in and shot some shot a minister, or shot the preacher. And he said if the deacons would have been there and done their job, they would have wrestled him down before he got the gun out. So, But that's what you're to do. You're to do that. You're to go by the, the book there in Timothy and then uphold the doctrine of this church. Brother Brown, uh, they asked him one time, said, should a deacon uh, be, in other words, one with the doctrine of the church? He said, if he's not, he needs to be voted out. Because you're the one that you're not, you know, policemen, they don't make the laws. They enforce the laws. All right, so you're to enforce the laws of this church. And then now is, uh, if you'll turn around this way. There. Everybody bow your head. Do not look up. Does everybody find Brother Ryan Bonnet to be worthy 
and able to do his job as a deacon by the raising of your hand. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right. You can turn around. Brother Terrence, um, Brother Bob, Dad, would you come up here? We're going to pray over Brother Ryan and welcome him into the into the deaconship of the of the church. Stand right there. <clears throat> and you all pray also because it is a job. It is a job. All right. Uh, also, Brother Luis, while we're, Brother Luis and Brother Aaron, come on up here too. We'll get the ministers involved. This is the ministry and the deacons of the church. If those of you that didn't know that, there was a question yesterday. Some of y'all are new and you hadn't been here um, in a while. So we have um, established this is our this is our pastor. I'm the assistant to assist him. These are the deacons and these are the three ministers of the church. And uh, now we have a new deacon and we're here to ordain him. By laying on of hands, the vote's been 100%. So we now ask the Lord to help Brother Ryan. Amen. Help him. Because it's a job. It's a step up. Okay. So let's, let's come together and everyone pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you told us that there would be places in a church, Father, that, that you need these offices, Lord, of deacon at the time and trustee and secretary and 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 uh, a pastor and assistant pastor and um, Lord the ones that are ministering in the church Lord to run the church by the Holy Ghost so Father in the name of the Lord Jesus may the Holy Ghost rest on our brother Lord we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is Lord a born again Christian because of his life Lord sometimes makes a lot of us ashamed Lord but Lord I pray that you'd be with him Father and that you'll bless him Lord Ordain him into the family, Lord, to where he can be, Lord, a deacon for you, Father. That he'll uphold the doctrine of this church, Lord, and then assist in all the different things as the prophet of God gave us church order. Thank God you sent us a prophet, Lord, to put these things in order. And I pray, Lord, that you'll just anoint our brother with this position, Father, and that he'll use the office of a deacon well, and then he'll get a reward, Father. We ask just bless each one standing here, bless the congregation as we pray for our brother, Lord. There will not be any malice or strife or grief, Lord, that everything will be done, Lord, as the deacons are supposed to be the policemen and and, and if they tap you on the shoulder or someone and, and have to get on to you and your children, Lord, Lord, let it be a softness in our heart, Lord, and that we can do it, Lord, with Christian fellowship. Father, I pray that you just bless him now and take care of his family, be with his children, be with his wife, Lord, and that they grow in the admonition of the Lord in this church, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give our brother a big hand. Well, how old were you when you first started coming here? 18? 17? How old are you now? How old are you now? 38. 38? Goodness. I know he was a kid. And I, the story, if y'all don't know it, the story was my dad always said we'll never have drums in this church. Nope, not going to have them. We'd ask him. Richard started coming. We need some. No, no, no drums, no drums. So Brother Ryan started coming. Brother Ryan started saying, now, Brother, I, you know, Brother Dale, I'd like to do something, you know. So he had the bongos. Be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. 
So he brings in and he plays the bongos and Dad's like, oh, this is pretty good. I like that. And Richard's like, see, it keeps the rhythm better. Well, you see what he come to. And now we've got several that can play the drums in the church. So that's the way you need to grow. Let's all stand our feet. Well, we had Bible study last night. We had a good time. I want to announce, too, that I, I after last night and it being so crowded, I mean, we didn't have room to hardly do anything in that uh, in the uh, uh, classroom. And I appreciate every one of you coming. I appreciate all of the all of the good questions, and we we run over the time a little bit. But I'm sorry, but we had to get those questions answered. And we're doing you know every other month now. So I talked to Brother Dale today, and I think I'm going to try to find us a venue off campus here, a place we can go where we can have internet service, and we can still do the Zoom meetings. We can do we can have popcorn and. And, you know, it's just totally, um, uh, it's just, you know, shirt, no, no ties, just, it's just casual. And, and we talk about the Lord, drink some coffee, and, and maybe if the, if the uh, Lord permits her again, Sister Trudy McMillan will bring brownies that she didn't bring last night. <clears throat> just wanted to make that known to the church. Look forward to that. Bible study, that is. But a lot of people, brother, brother Ryan, sister Gabby, they bring something. See what y'all are missing? Cause y'all to come. But anyway, I want to try to find us a place off campus that we can get one room, common room, and we can get together and have Bible study. We're having it every other month now, so it'll be the first Saturday in March. I mean, sorry, be the first Saturday in April, not March. March is next month, so it'll be first Saturday in April, and we will. Uh, see if we can find us a place, maybe somewhere close to Gainesville or even here in Lula, to have it. All right. All right, this afternoon, Brother Bob and Brother uh, Luis are going to be uh, showing their slides of their mission that they just got back from Nicaragua. Uh, and Brother Luis will be speaking for us Wednesday night. Uh, remember, February the 11th, we're going to have our uh, Valentine's banquet, and we will have it. If we can, we, we, we said four. Let's try to get to 3.30 since we got so many people and we got so many pictures to be taken. See if you can be there by 3.30 to start taking pictures. We're still going to eat about, what, Anna? Five. We're going to eat at five. That won't change. But we need to, um, we've got about 86 people coming, so it'll be a, a good crowd. And Brother Dutch Scott will be with us, and he'll be speaking just for a few moments at that. Then he will be speaking the next day on the 12th. He will be speaking. We will only have one service. And as we announced before, we'll be feeding. If you're keeping the Ohio group, they're all coming. If you feed the Ohio group, I mean, if you're staying with you, then you'll be fed by the church and what's left over from, we'll have leftovers. But those of you that want to come and stay, if you have a guest and you're going to be on church, be in church, Sunday, be sure to bring enough lunch for you and your guest so we can all fellowship together. We won't have to leave and go to a restaurant and worry about the world. We can stay downstairs and be crowded again. Like we were last night. But it's okay. We'll, we can spread out. We'll be fine. And just remember that. Um, thank you all for your support of this church. We sure appreciate everything that you that you, uh, that you you believe in. I, I believe we believe that this is a message of the hour, and I believe we believe that this is a good place to go to church. So I do. I believe that. <clears throat> Let's remember real special, just for a moment, um, uh, Sister Gwen has a, a burden on her heart. Her son, Kip, you know, he's come out of that, and he's doing better. But they're wanting to send him to a facility in Midtown Atlanta. Now, y'all know as well as I do. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to Midtown Atlanta, much less Sister Gwen. But that's the facility they have available for him. But let's pray that God will change that. 
You say, well, I, no, we're going to pray to God to change it. Bring him back up here closer and continue his healing. Uh, he, he, was, he was in a bad way just several weeks ago, and now he's, at least he's able to be alert. All right, so let's just keep that and Sister Gwen in our prayer. So let's go to the Lord. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, today, truly as the song says, Lord, we got so much to thank you for. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for healing. Thank you for giving us just air to breathe. Thank you for giving us good jobs, Lord. Good spouses, good boyfriends, girlfriends, children, Lord. Thank you for all the good things you've given us. And Lord, now as we sit and listen to you, Father, just for a few minutes, Lord, I pray that you'd be with us. Take care of us, Lord, in a mighty way. Heal the sick. Be with uh, the family there with Sister Gwen. That you'll change that situation, Lord. And that we'll see you working in that part. Lord, I pray that you'll be with Sister Frida. All the different ones, Lord, that's asked for a request of prayer. Sister Johnny, Lord. And all the ones that are not here that are watching in, I pray that you'd give them supernatural strength also. Lord, just give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our sins, Lord, and the many mistakes that we make against you, Lord. May we today, Lord, just, just bathe us with the Holy Ghost. Just give us, Lord, something that we can carry on in life with. Lord, just be with us in the furtherment of service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, as we've been speaking, and for some of the ones that have been here, that was Jesus Christ the first time he did it. Now it's the Word made flesh in me and you. All right? So, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You may be seated. The Lord has blessings to the reading of the Word. Someone asked last night about what is the seed. Well, that's the seed. It's not just a little seed like this. The seed is the Word of God. So in the beginning was the seed. And that seed was made flesh and dwelt among us. And what were you? You were an old sinner. And God raised you up out of that. Gave you the seed Word of God. And now we what? We live by that. We love it. We love Revelation, as we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. Brother Adam talks about Revelation being what? There's no greater power. There's no prevailing power as a revelation. All right? So what we thrive on that. See, yesterday, all during the Bible study, I, we thrive on Revelation. Everybody's like, oh, man, this, you know, we're all back and forth. And, and we were, there was something going on about, what was it, Aaron? So Brother Aaron's in the back room, and he's, nobody knows he's back there. And I, we said something about angels. And we'll read it today. Talk about judging angels. And he, he brought the scripture out in Jude about that. Because somebody had a question is how do we judge angels if they're perfect? Well, the angels are not perfect. The ones that fail anyway because they what? They fail. All right. So they're going to have to be judged according to Jude. So there's an answer for everything. There is a Bible question. Brother Brown said there's a Bible answer. So we have, and, and Brother Brown told us, he says, we have Satan's answer. Because we don't want to go around being confused. We don't go around having a bunch of questions in our mind. What about this? What about that? What about this? Number one, you've got to establish is, is this is right. The Bible's right. That's the absolute. We can read other books, self-help and all these other things. That's okay. But the Bible is our absolute. That's what Brother Brown said. He says, faith, final resting place is where? In the Word of God. All right? In the Word of God is where we've got to go back to. John 8, verse 30, 31 says, slow down. Jesus said to those Jews that believed on him, if you continue my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And what? And you shall know the truth. Not know of it. 
you shall know the truth, and that truth will do something in your life. It will set you free. If you know about the truth, that will not set you free. But if you know the truth, because who is the truth? Jesus said, I am the what? The way, the truth, and the life. All right, so we've got to put it back into that perspective that Jesus Christ is the one we're looking at because he's the perfect one. And then now that perfect one lives in me and you, and he gives us officers, as we were talking about last night, about just a few minutes ago with Brother Ryan, different ones. He gives us officers that he works through. He works through a five-fold ministry, not one. This is not a one-fold, not a one-man job. It was at a time. Brother Branham, was, he was the one that would come with a gift, with a prophetic gift to bring us prophecy, to bring us more clarity to the Word of God. And now he went off the scene and he gave it to what? Ephesians 4.12, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. For what? Your perfection and mine. For all of our perfection, for the perfecting of the saints. So we believe in that. We believe that you can't get perfected. You can't go up this statue of perfect man without somebody teaching you. Paul says, we need a teacher. According to the book of Galatians, we need a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. We need somebody to be able to explain the things. That's why with Bible study, we had seven or eight different questions, and they were kind of scattered around in different places. And we tried our best to answer all those questions, but they were questions. Someone had a question in their heart. That's why I believe that we are stronger by questions, people asking questions. 2 Peter 1 verse 5 says, Beside this, giving all diligence, that's where we've been now on the statue of perfect man, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, and knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and patience godliness. Now, we're at knowledge. We're going to try to get to temperance. But if you would pull that chart up just for a moment. Well, we can see this is you. This is the person. This is you, that your your daily life, what your life is as a Christian, what is going to. And, and to me, having the knowledge of God tells us how to work these things out. Like last night, if there was a question, there's not 17 different answers to a true Bible question. There's only one answer. And if you have a question on the Bible question, go back to the prophet's message and let him clarify what, what the, the message said in the Bible, all right? So, because remember, he said it was the love letter. It was the in-between is what we have to read to get a revelation. So, uh, well, that's okay if I can't find the chart. That's fine. But I want to go back just a step. The Bible says, add to your faith. Now, what is your faith? Your faith is the new birth. Add to your new birth virtue. Now, you say, well, I don't need it. Why the Bible say add? <laughs> if you didn't need it, you got everything you needed. And you do get everything you need. You got every brain cell you need. Some of us lacking. Some of us has more. That's okay. But you have brain cells. The same brain cells you have when you're a, a, a kindergartner is the same brain cells you got when you're a, a 12th grade and you go up into college. Same brain. It's just what? Develop more. You've not added parts to your body to make you stronger or different. You, you were a baby. You had all your parts. Same way with being born again. When you were born again, you had all your parts to be able to become an adult. Everybody with me? We can look at nature and see exactly the way Christianity. That's why it's so, it's so easy for us to see how that God deals with people. And as we were talking about last night, Listen, God wrote this Bible so that we can understand it. He didn't write this Bible so he could confuse us. Now he confused them. But he wrote this Bible so that you and I could not be confused. 
If he, you say, well, I don't know if he, he should have wrote it a different way. Well, you're not God. He's God, and he knows everything. He knows exactly that 66 books of the Bible and ever how many chapters, ever how many verses, that's exactly how much me and you need to get out of here with. Then he sent us the message of the hour to fill in all the gaps, to answer all the questions so that we can go further. So we can what? Add. Add to your now look. Add to your new birth. Add to your faith. In other words, you have the faith is yours now. Once you're born again, that faith is yours, and then you've got to add to that. And that word add, remember we looked at it several months ago. We've been on this for, you know, eight months. But add to your faith, that word add in the Greek lexicon is minister. So minister to your new birth. Well, I got it, brother. I'm just sitting at home. Yeah, you didn't get it. You can be quiet if you want to. You didn't get it. Add to your new birth. As we were talking last night, listen, your born-again experience, somebody asked about, you know, the characteristics of that. Your born-again experience is not going to make your life just be some bubble dance. No, Satan's going to turn every gun on you, and you're going to have troubles and trials. But you're going to know how to do that. You're going to know how to get through that. It is a testimony. What's the first four letters of that? T-E-S-T. you got to go through a test before you get a testimony. All right, so your test is, is Satan says, oh, you didn't get it. You didn't get it because you're, you're thinking wrong. Well, no, that ain't got anything to do with it. Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all don't think wrong. I, am I in the right crowd? Well, I told him, says, pray for me then because I have them. If you don't, then pray for me. So now, who else had bad thoughts? Thank you. All right. Some of you are still thinking about those bad thoughts. But that word add means to minister. So we get, we get born again. The word of God is alive in our heart. And as mom was saying last night, when we say heart, you know, you've been taught long enough. When we say heart, that means soul. That doesn't mean that thing, okay? The heart of a man. We read that, the, the definition of that a long, long time ago. But this is your soul, this is your spirit, and this is your body. So in your soul is what? Either faith or doubt. You either got the devil inside of you today or you got God inside of you today. There is no gray area. There is no in-between. Everybody with me? And you know what? You're going to express that out because the soul is the nature of the spirit. The soul is going to emanate out into your memory, reason, conscience, affection, imagination, and you are going to do the things that that inside guy tells you to do. I don't know about you, but when I was a devil's child, I did what the devil did. Now that I'm a child of God, it's still hard to do what God tells you to do. But at least you've got something inside. You've got an anchor. You've got a rudder. You've got something that will tell you, no, you don't need to do that anymore. Or turn your head. Don't. It wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to go into a beer store when I was B.C., before Christ. Right? Because that was what was inside of me. That's what emanated out. It didn't bother me. Don't go now. I don't want to. The want to got pulled out of me. Same thing with all. When we look in the book of Luke, the unclean spirit goes out of a man. Out. Out. Some of them kicking and screaming. Well, what do they do though? They go out, and then they come back. And if you hadn't got that thing sealed with the Holy Ghost. 
seven more demons, worse than the one that left you, is going to come back and make you very religious. And you're going to sit in a messy church and die. Brother Brown said, that's where the quote comes from. Brother Brown said, you can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost every day of your life on your spirit and die and go to hell. Because your soul's not redeemed. Your soul is still the devil until it's redeemed. That's why it's called redemption. He purchased that. He purchased that whole guy, but he had to start on the inside guy because there's the faith or doubt. And then you go out in the spirit realm. Spirit realm has what? Memory, reason, conscience, affection, imagination. Now, if God's inside there, he's working his way out. If Satan's in there, he's working his way out. But what Satan's doing, though, Satan is now bombarding this way to a Christian. That's why we still have problems. We still have issues. That's why the Bible said, add or minister to your new birth. Listen, prophet of God tells us, you can't wait for these doors to be opened to come to church. I don't know why you don't understand that. Because it's a desire. It's something that pulls me here. It's not something, if it's drudgery, you need to head out that door or come to the altar, one of the two. Because you're going to either come in better or worse. Now that's what, And I can understand that more. I used to think about that quote and I thought, man, I don't know how that is. I know what it is now. If I come in that door with something and I don't get rid of it and I go out back, back out that door, it makes me worse. But if I get rid of it while I'm in here, I'm a lot better when I go out that door. So are you. So add to your new birth virtue. Add to your new birth, knowledge. As I said before last Wednesday night, that knowledge is not the knowledge of Acts 2.38. It's not the knowledge that the message is right. That's down there where it says add to your faith. Because your new birth is going to take you to the message of the hour. Eventually. You may not. You may have got born again out in the world. Or you may, I'm not out in the world, but out in another denomination. But where are you sitting today? Where are you sitting today? You're sitting here. You're believing the message of the hour. So add or minister. Look, minister what? Nourishment. Minister nourishment. To supply, furnish. That's what these virtues are for. It's to furnish you. It's wonderful to have a house. A couple of you have got new houses. If you never had furniture in them, what kind of house is it? Well, this is my beautiful home. Well, where do I sit? Oh, I just sit on the floor. No, you furnish that house. You bring in a stove and a refrigerator and a and a uh, uh, a chair and a, a recliner and a real good recliner too. One of them, you mash a button, it goes. Heater turns on. Well, I always be the same way with the Word of God. You want the best today? Ask for a real good recliner to furnish your house, to be supplied, minister unto, or assisted. You and I have come to this church to what? To be assisted in our new birth. To give assistance to what you need because you're not going to get it out there. You're going to get it in here. This is, this is a place where you fill up. This is where you get your fuel for tomorrow or the next day or the next day. But to supply. So add to your new birth. So from now on, we're going to say add to your new birth. Instead of adding to your faith, add to your new birth or minister to your new birth. Because today 
Either you got faith or doubt. Now, I am ministering to your faith. Or I'm ministering to your doubt. You're saying, I don't have to do that. I don't understand this. I don't understand that. That's okay if you do that. Don't stay that way, though. Add. Add the new birth. Then add to that new birth. Minister to it. I love to hear ministers preach. Come on. That's where I get my nourishment. I press play anytime I want to. Not when I'm told to. Why did we get in this shape? Because there was a, a bug that eat everything down. Even in the statue of perfect man, they had these virtues in the first church, right? Background a little bit, just bear with me. They had these virtues in the first church age. They were working in their life. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have give I unto thee. Rise up and walk. Uh, by their shadow, Paul had had pieces of his garments laid on people. That's why we have prayer cloths. That's where we get that from. We take prayer cloths, we anoint them, we lay it on the sick. We've seen cancer healed. We've seen diabetes. We've seen all kind of healing just by taking these and giving them to people. Brother Danny on the back row back there, he keeps one around with him all the time. And don't worry if you get sprayed. Don't worry if you wash it. You're not going to wash the anointing off of it. I keep them in my Bible. I keep them in my billfold. We got them over the door. You can see there's one right there over that door. There's one back there over that door. What? As protection, as for us to look at, as Paul was, we believe Paul was a messenger. Remember? We believe Paul had the Holy Ghost. All right? So then the anointing, according to the Bible, was that they took cloths off of Paul and give them to the, to the people. All right? And then Jesus was touched on the hem of his garment. All right, so that's what we get. It's not hocus pocus, and it's not something like Catholicism where you got to light a candle and you got to do it. No, no, it's the Word of God, and I believe those. I believe when those things are placed on you, and I don't have to explain to a lot of you what it's for, but it is for us to believe what's already been preached to us. All right. <clears throat> so Joel says, "I will restore." So we're going to have a restoration of. As I was reading last night, Brother Brown talks about the restoration of gifts. When the restoration of gifts comes, there's a restoration of power. There was speaking in tongues. There was all these gifts. But Brother Brown said the problem with them was, Pentecost, they stayed there. They honed in on the gifts and said, you've got to be speaking in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. The prophet of God said, no, God what? God added. God added to some people's new birth, and they moved on. And that's the same way with me and you. We can't stand still. We've got to either move forward or backwards, one of the two. But I will restore to you the years that the locusts eat, the canker worm, caterpillar, pommel worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Now, on the restoration of the bride tree, I kind of picked this up. I want us to read this. Brother Dale was kind of covering a little bit last night. And um, and if you'll understand that, that this whole thing's in a loop. Everybody with me? This whole thing's in a loop. And if you'll read um, in Intervale, Brother Brown goes to out of court, inner court, holy of holies. And then all of a sudden you're back out here under justification again. So we believe in this church and preach it, and Brother Brown did too, that there's three stages of justification, three stages of sanctification, and three stages of the new birth. All right? Everybody with me on that? All right? But what? It's the progression of the same justification. You know you did it. And God forgave you of it. 
He put it in the sea of God forgetfulness, never to be remembered again, and we go fishing. We go digging them back out. Leave them alone, but there's going to be a time when you come to this statue of perfect man to where Brother Brown says, the real you didn't do it. That's powerful. The real you. In other words, that new birth that you have, that you have nurtured, that you have added to, that never did it to begin with. If you're born again today, inside of your soul is eternal life. Something that never, ever lied, cheated. Come on, people. That's what you got inside of you. You got the new birth. You've got perfection inside of you. You're just going to have to what? Let it out. And you got to know how to let it out. So let Brother Brown explain. This thing got eat by four bugs, right? We just read them. Now, and if four messengers of death killed the tree, this is restoration of the bride tree, if you need to know. Four messengers of life restore the tree. Justification, sanctification, baptism, the Holy Ghost, the Word. Justification, sanctification, baptism, the Holy Ghost, the Word. More of. More of. More of. Adding. What does that do? Gives you a bigger number. Add. So we're adding something to our faith. Adding something to our new birth. says, do you get it? Amen. For God said, I will restore. Because see, a lot of people, you know, Brother Brown talks about three being perfection. And four is not a good number if you use it wrong. But four is an earthly number of man. You can use it right because there are four death messengers. Eat it down. There had to be four life messengers. Bring it back. All right. So by four death messengers, he killed it. Then four life messengers will restore it. What was the first? Martin Luther, justification. What was the second? John Wesley, sanctification. What was the third? Pentecost with the restoration of the gifts, the Holy Ghost. Stop right there. No. Add. What was the fourth? The Word. And the Word was made flesh in me and you. The Word, what? The Word, there were four great prophets, one of them Martin Luther. He began to shine a light. There was a little light, just a very small strength of justification. Along came Wesley, stronger, sanctification. After Wesley comes to stronger than him, Pentecostal, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and another great prophet. We know it was the Holy Ghost, right? But in the last day, look, Malachi 4, Elijah is to come with the very Word. The word of the Lord come to the prophets. In the evening light, it is to come forth to restore and bring back. What? Turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of God. What was the faith of God? Those virtues. The faith that was once delivered to the saints. Here is now, there is now here. All right. Four killers took it. Four messengers destroyed it. Four messengers of death took it away. In dogma, four messengers of righteousness restore her back again. Prophesy, son of man, can these bones live? Remember the bone thing, when you start talking about the bones, the bones are fine, putting the sinew back on, putting this, that. But without the breath of life, breathe, O breath of God. Now breathe, O breath of God. Why? That's the fourth stage. That's bringing the life back right here. Wish we had time. I got to write it down, but I have to miss it. Prophesy, can these bones live? What's the four stages of that coming forth of that church? What's the four stages of Ezekiel's dry bones coming forth? But the life only comes not when the sinew skin was on them, but when the wind blowed upon them. That's when come back that fourth message 
of life. I will restore, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise be to God. The fourth light is to come. That will bring forth the same signs. Watch. Justification brought back to Paul. Sanctification brought back to Bart. Doctrine of holiness. What brought back the leaves? Pentecostal. Leaves. Waving of hands. Hallelujah. Fellowshipping. That's where the leaves are. They're, They're like this right here. The leaves in a tree. But you know what? It takes wind to blow those leaves. It takes the Holy Ghost to do that. What brought back the leaves? Pentecost. What is it? Pentecostal leaves clapped their hands, joy, rejoicing. Pentecostal. What? The fourth was the Word itself. The Word made flesh. Fruits of the proof of the resurrection sign that Christ has finally, after justification, been planted. Sanctification been planted. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Organizations died out. And Christ has again centered himself like that cap of the pyramid. You look behind my head. First line justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, then the coming of the cap. What is it? The Holy Ghost bunch being honed out. That's us. I contend it's us. The Holy Ghost bunch being what? Honed out. Why do we need to be honed out if we had the Holy Ghost? Add. Add. So that what? So that it can fit with the same kind of ministry he had. Now that's the issue we got. Down through the church ages, it was in the first three church ages. But after that, what happened? Dogmas and creeds. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Denominations. Up until this time, they have eat that tree down to nothing. But they can't kill it. He has to restore according to the book of Joel. It will catch the whole thing. When he comes back, it will catch the whole thing in the rapture. Where the justified, sanctified, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that pyramid will stand again. The house of God will live again. The tree of life is growing again. That's us. No, no, Jesus is a tree of life. We are a tree of life. We're part of that tree. And I'll read you in just a few minutes. I, I, I made a quote the other day about the the... Vines being intertwined. I'll read you a quote where Brother Ram says that. But we're talking about adoption. We're talking about coming to a stage to add where you're not just a Christian that just gets beat all to pieces and Satan just absolutely just wrings your neck every service and every day of the week. No, there's got to come a place that you have victory. And it's not victory in the world or victory in Satan. It's victory in Jesus. All right? I heard an old, old story. That's not old anymore. It's brand new. So we come to adoption where God can use us, where he can place us and use us for what he wants, what he wants, not what you want. I was going to um, insert here because it talks about adoption. So Brother Richard had a question last night that we didn't get to. Brother Richard Negron from Ohio. So let's, let's read the quote. And the adoption series says, tell me, my brother, tell me, my sister, when was the time that the sons of God was ever to be manifested outside, look, outside of this time right now? Right now, this time. When there was ever a time in history that manifested the time of deliver all nature. Nature, the nature itself is groaning, waiting for the time of manifestation. Of what? Trees, rocks, churches, pews. Songbooks, tapes, oh, excuse me, people, the Word made flesh in you. Groaning, waiting for the time of manifestation. Why? Before the atonement was made, before the Holy Ghost was ever poured out. 
All the Old Testament on down there couldn't have been manifestation. It had to wait till this time. Now all things has been brought, coming, shaping up to a headstone, to the manifestation of sons of God coming back. Now watch. And the Spirit of God coming into these men. That was his question. These men, I'm talking about Bob Black. I'm talking about Samuel Dale. I'm talking about Luis Durego. I'm talking about Aaron Roberts. Fill in the blank. Put your favorite preacher in there. If he's a real true preacher. So the Spirit coming into these men, because there's only going to be a certain group. And I listen, for our visitors and, and anybody else, we're not exclusive. God makes us that way, though. If, we, if you'll put yourself, because remember, what happened to the disciples? They were so different. Remember, they were called Christians because they acted like Christ. In other words, they were so different they noticed it. Now, what happened, though, that's what killed a lot of them. That's what killed Jesus because he was different. And listen, they may not kill you naturally, but they'll kill you spiritually. So the Spirit's going to come back in a group of men, I believe. I believe that. So perfectly until their ministry... Their ministry will be so close like Christ till it will join him and his church together. There's been a great division that's been over the word of God. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why do you do this? Why do that? Why do you do Why do that? What's my old saying? Lead, follow, or get out of the way. That's what my old football coach said, and it stuck with me forever. Listen, lead, follow, get out of the way. Find out your position. If you're a follower, that's fine. But a follower has to have a leader. And I don't ever want to be in the way, and neither do you want to be in the way of somebody to get their new birth, to get their add to. We want you to be able to add to in this church. We want you to be able to not say, I go to Lula and I've got a college degree in the message of the hour. Let God do that. Let the headmaster do that. Let the headmaster give you that degree. If the headmaster gives you that degree, then you know who you are. You know who you are. You know where you came from, not just here, geographically. You know you came from God, and you're going back to God. As Brother um, one, brother Wayne, I think, was preaching on the grave clothes. We, get, we got a resurrection, folks. When you got born again, it was a resurrection. Now we got to get a resurrection, Brother Ramson, out of dead denominationalism. All that dead stuff we had inside of us has got to go. It stinketh. And know what they said about Lazarus? But Lord, he stinketh. That didn't bother Jesus not one bit. He didn't have that little cortisol we were talking about. He didn't have a, a release of, of fear. It didn't bother him. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And it's where we're going to come to ourselves, my friends. We've got to come to the knowledge. That knowledge, not the knowledge you got born again. You need to have that knowledge at the bottom. All right? You need to have that knowledge that you're born again, that you're a child of God. Then you need Holy Ghost knowledge to add to your new birth. That's what we've been talking about. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. That word knowledge means gnosis. Now watch. In the Greek lexicon, look. 
Knowledge signifies in general intelligence, understanding the general knowledge of Christian religion, the deeper, more perfect, and enlarged knowledge of this religion, such as belongs to the more advanced. So what is knowledge? It's knowing more about whatever you're studying. That's why Jesus said you shall know the truth. Not that it's just going to be dumped on you, but you got to get what? you got to get somebody to teach you. Such as belongs to the more advanced, especially of things lawful and unlawful for Christians. Moral wisdom such as seen in right living. In other words, you're going to show. You say, no, bro, wait, knowledge is to be able to do calculus and trigonometry and, and you know, power square and all this stuff. Not that kind of knowledge. Amen. That's Holy Ghost knowledge. Amen. But there were two trees in the garden. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So you've got two trees. You've got two branches of knowledge. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there's true, the true over here. Then you've got the knowledge of good and evil, the false over here on this side. All right? And the Lord God commanded man saying, all right, you eat all the trees. You can eat over here under this tree of life. But if you go over here and eat over this one, you're going to die. For in the day that you eat, that day you shall die. Now, here we go. This is the quote that I was looking for the other day. In Ephesian church age, Brother Brown said, Now to get the real meaning of what we're about to go into, I must caution you to ever keep in mind that religion. Listen, folks, religion will kill you. I'm religious. So is the devil. He's actually more religious than you are. He comes to church more than most of y'all. Spiritual matters, if you like, is composed of two parts that what? Intertwine. Now, what is intertwine? You think, no, this tree over here, it's all gnarled up in this ugly tree of life. I mean, tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's just all nasty and looks so bad. uh, Do you think the devil looks like the people portray him? He's not some guy with a red suit on with a long tail, forky tongue and all that stuff. No, he's a, Brother Brown called him a slicker. He was actually the most beautiful angel in heaven. So don't think he's changed. He has not changed his tactics one bit. So that tree of knowledge of good and evil, look, if Eve was standing here as an allegory, if Eve was standing in the garden and she looks at the tree of life and then she looked over at the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which one did she pick? She picked that one because it was beautiful. I read it last Sunday. Beautiful to the eye and a tree to be desired, to make one wise. Desired to make one wise. So she goes over here and takes this beautiful tree. This tree of life over here, you know, is probably all bloody. Come on, somebody. Probably got stripes all over it. Probably got a few, you know, looks like this or looks like this, actually. So she chose that one because of beauty. And what did she choose? Death. Now we've got to be able to turn the table and choose life. And be the tree of life, not just eat off of it, but be it. Now watch this right here. The two parts that intertwine, but are as opposite as black and white. Religion and the spiritual world are made of these two trees, which had their roots in Eden. In other words, they had their roots. They started in Eden. Both the tree of life, And the tree of knowledge of good and evil stood in the midst of the garden and no doubt their very branches intertwined each other. 
Have you ever tried? Well, everybody, we're from the South. We know what kudzu is. Our sisters from the Philippines may not know, but in Oklahoma, I think they got it in Oklahoma too, but they brought this weed, this weed that's supposed to take care of erosion. They brought it into Georgia and South Carolina, different places from China. China. It was made in China. <clears throat> to control erosion after the boll weevil came through and people quit putting cotton out and, and, and the rains would come and there'd be ditches. Well, they give us kudzu. Have you ever, there, there is somewhere in that kudzu pile that you look out on the side of the road and there's like acres of it. There's somewhere there it came from one root. <laughs> one root. But it's so intertwined you can't find it. Unless God tells you where it's at. Same way in your life. Your, your, hey, your life is all tangled up. But somewhere in there, if you're a child of God, something is growing, as we were talking about last night. It's not a seed. It's the Word of God that you're listening to, and you're eating it, and you're becoming it. And then you know where to cut it down. You know where that very root of evil is. Because that root of evil was inside of you to begin with. So you know where it originated from. So now let's what? Let's tear that thing apart. Amen. Now listen. Thus the Ephesian church is that same paradox. The church is made up of good and bad. Now, the Ephesian church age was the what? First church age. The alpha church age. Remember, alpha now omega has got to be a shadow of that church age or a duplication of that church age. Alpha and omega church. All right? So that's just, if it's talking about them, it's talking about us. Because we left our first love. Not we, maybe, but we, the world, the religious world, in the end time has lost their first love. They are like the wheat. Now look, two vines make the church. Two vines, no, Brother Brown, two, two vines makes the world. Uh-uh. We're going to read Matthew 24, 24. There shall arise false Christ, false prophets, false anointed people. They are like the wheat and tares growing up side by side, but one is the truth. Are true. The other is the false. Now God will speak to each one. Wow. And he will talk about each one. He will call them the church. And only the elect. Me and you. The new birth will change your thought. It will tell you where the root is. He will call them the church. That's why Brother Brown said church, church, bride, churches. He said, but there's going to come one. He stood up one day and he said, I don't call you church anymore. I call you bride. Because this scripture's talking about the bride. This scripture's talking about the church. He pulled that vine, what? He pulled that thing apart by the roots. Now, what are we doing with it? Are we trying to put it all back together again? No, we're supposed to what? Shun the very, he told us what evil was. Get away from it. He will call them the church, and only the elect will really know which is the true spirit. Only the elect will not be deceived, Matthew 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it was possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So way back there in the early church, a very short period after Pentecost, he's talking about eighty thirty. The false vine got so intertwined itself around the true vine, and we find these deeds of the Nicolaitans, and that spirit is going to be found fighting the true vine, what? Until God destroys it. How's he going to destroy it? By you and me. Knowing which one is the true and which one is the false. And like Brother Brown said, know where the two spirits are. Are the two spirits working in the framework of this church? 
And be able to discern which one's which. And be able to what? Be able to withstand the devil and his actions. By what? By having Holy Ghost knowledge more than just knowledge of Acts 2.38. Knowing you've got to be adopted. Knowing you've got to be part of the seals. They were saying your name's in the book. It's part of us, man, I'm telling you. If you realize your name's in that book, hallelujah, Satan can't stop it. False Christ can't stop it. False teachers can't stop it. The devil himself could walk right in here and he cannot do anything to your soul if you're a Christian today. That thing is like a 10 billion volt. If he tries to touch it, he is going to get burnt. Because you know what? That's God's going to put him in the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the Holy Ghost fire, right? It's not fire that, it's not fire that burns. Holy Ghost knowledge. The fact or condition of knowing something with what? Familiarity. You're familiar with it. It's not strange to hear what we teach here. It may be to some that just started, but it's not strange for all of us. That we were talking about last night. As Brother Wayne Lawson, different ones will tell you. And, and you know, to give a, to give a rose, I'm going to give it now. The preachers that come to preach in this church tell me, that this is the one of the freest churches that they can preach in. Brother Wayne said, hey, I didn't have to explain a bunch of stuff. He said, your people already knew it. But there's a lot of people scared of it. There's a lot of people scared of it. I heard one preacher who's not in the message anymore. He said, I don't like to preach in the little of Georgia. They know too much. Praise God! <laughs> if I got later, sorry, if Brother Dale's got laity that can out-preach the preachers, Praise God! <laughs> Brother Tim Cross, he don't mind me saying it. He's coming to preach for us into this month because I got to do a wedding in Ohio, <clears throat> so he's going to be here the weekend. I said, he said, well, he, he, he was, we were kind of discussing that and giggling a little bit, but he said, well, he said, I'll try my best to stay, you know, on the line. I said, well, don't worry. I said, if you don't, a couple of my sisters will meet you in the back door before you get up. I ain't worried about nobody else saying about it, anything about it. So, I'll promise you, I'll sit Trudy McMillan on them. What do you mean by? And we and we laugh, but you know what? I don't mind. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. Does that make you uncomfortable? It doesn't make me uncomfortable. It's a shame that if our sisters in this church can out preach the preachers, of the message. But why? Because we've been taught. We've stayed here. We've listened. We've learned. We know what the message of the hour, the essence of the message. We can't quote every quote, but we know the essence. Why did we need the right interpretation of, of the statue of perfect man? As Brother Dale was talking about last night. There's nobody sits here and preaches 80-something sermons, and he preaches like 40 several years ago, on one subject. The statue of perfect man. Oh, yeah, they may hit it here back and forth, and that's fine. We all got our different calling. But listen, there's going to be one group of people that's going to take a body change. And it's because they know who they are. They're not going to be foolish virgins. Then Jesus said, if you continue my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. 
That word know means what? Perceive or understand, get a knowledge of. Perceive. And then we talked about it a little bit last Wednesday. It's a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. Adam knew his wife. Hey, God knew us. You say, well, that sounds bad. No, read the Bible. The Bible says, I've cast out devils, Lord. I've done mighty works in your name, Lord. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. And if you look that word new up, it says the same thing. You've never had an intimate relationship with me, so I don't know you. Thank God for an intimate relationship. That we know who our husband is. And we know what he expects because it's the same character. Eve was literally pulled out of Adam. They were one. So Adam could understand Eve. That might help in our relationship if we were kind of like that, wouldn't it? X and Y, Mars and Venus, you know. And the sister said, Amen. And the Lord God called unto Adam, said, Where are you? He said, I was afraid. Now, Adam never said that before. You and I got to get out of that fear. And what will take you out of that fear? Good teaching. Not sh- Listen, shouting, speaking, that's fine. Prayer lines, there's a time for all that. But like Brother Donnie said, he said, look, there's a time for special meetings. He said, but where the rubber meets the road is every Sunday and every Wednesday and every Sunday and every Wednesday. You go to church, you listen to your pastor, you listen to your preachers. It's not all bubble dancing all the time. You have to listen and learn. And every once in a while, somebody might say, amen. Don't be afraid, little bride. Somebody's going to make it. I'm just dumb enough to what? Believe it's me and you. Proverbs 3, verse 13 says, Happy is a man that findeth wisdom and a man that getteth understanding. So wisdom and understanding all comes down to knowledge. For the merchandise is better than the merchandise of silver and gain, therefore, than gold. Now watch. It has transformed now into a she. She is him. It's us, the bride. She is more precious than rubies. She is what in this in this allegory? She is wisdom. But remember, Brother Ram said she and the woman in the Bible is what? The bride, the church. And all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is her right in her right hand, her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life. To them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone that retaineth her. Philippians 1 9 says, In this prayer, this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in what? All judgment. As we were talking last night, the Bible here tells us, says, Do you know the saints shall judge the world? Why take, why take a brother to court? Settle it right here. Because you should have enough wisdom of the Holy Ghost to tell you what to do. Now, if somebody out there, that's different. Okay? The people out there, they're just, they're, they're heathens. They don't accept the Word of God, so they can't use the Word of God to, uh, as I was telling you before, the little girl that's having some trouble in our, in our post office, uh, she's having trouble, but she's not, she's never been to church in her life. Her husband's never been to church in her life. I can't counsel people like that. I can give them some good suggestions. But when you start talking about getting them together, the the only thing I told her even yesterday, I said, Kelly, you've got to get in church. Just go somewhere, sit down and listen. Take your husband and your two kids 
If not, I, there's nothing I can do for you. Because, see, I could tell her to pray more, read the Bible, come together, counsel. How can you counsel somebody that, that don't know a thing about, about God? Know you not that we shall judge angels? And that was a question last night about judging angels. And here in, in Jude, one of the body, Aaron, Brother Aaron, minister, put the peace together for us. And the angel which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Now, who's going to stand and be the judge on the great day? We are. The saints shall judge the world. Also, the saints are going to judge all those angels that turn God down. Right? This is it right here. Thank God. We got a Bible answer. Now, knowledge, just for a second, we'll close right here. Didn't even get into temperance. <clears throat> Y'all just going to have to be, hold your temper till next week. Two weeks. For some of you, you'll explode. Then thirdly, you add knowledge. I didn't, Brother Boyd, I did not look at you. I did not. I looked way over here. Back to Amy, back that one. <clears throat> knowledge. Now, that don't mean worldly knowledge because that's foolishness to God, but knowledge to what? Judge. You're judging today whether what I'm telling you is right or wrong. You say, no, I'm just saying you are or you're not. You're judging. you laughing now. Yeah, that was judgmental. Yes, well, judgment comes in the house, from the house of God. We're going to keep quoting Scripture back and forth. Y'all know Amy's a sweetheart. They ain't a, ain't a bad spot in her whole psyche. She's a wonderful girl. Now, Jeffrey, we can talk about him a little bit. Because that's foolish. Where's he at? He left. He left. He left. He got mad and left. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. He had to take care of one of the kids. But, but look, knowledge to judge. Judge right from wrong. How do you judge it? If you've got Christian knowledge, all right, with your virtue and new birth, you judge whether the word is right or wrong. But when you can see that the scripture is not contradictory, when you see all these, what look, you can see by revelation the whole word is wrote in what? Mysteries. And only the knowledge of God can reveal it. Then when you get and say punctuate every word of God with an amen, then add that to your faith. Seventy weeks of Daniel, Brother Brown said, the spirit of wisdom, and I believe now that the spirit of wisdom is come back into the church. To make known to the church by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, bring the church in and revealing what day you're living in. You say, oh, we're living in the end time. But what day are you really living in? We know. They've said end time for years. you got to know what day and hour you're living in. You're in the bright age. You're looking for a resurrection. You're looking for a body change, and then you're looking for a rapture. All right? <clears throat> same as Gabriel came to Daniel the Holy Spirit comes to the church in the last day to reveal these great deep secret things do you understand now <clears throat> Ephesians 1 says give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him Bible says and that you may know keep going I need to get to a spot and then we'll finish this is one right this is one we were talking about the other day there's Jeffrey there's nothing of such prevailing power as a revelation of the word, prevailing power. In other words, overcoming power. Power that you can take and say, hey, devil, I know what God's talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, but I know what God's talking about. 
Then we keep going on where it says, but the prevailing overcoming church is built on revelation so we can expect God to reveal his truth to us. Listen, <clears throat> I was reading last night, Brother Ralph said, as we get closer to the headstone, it becomes more narrow. Why? It's honing off. Sadly, some people are going to be left right here because there's a big wide bottom to it. Some people are going to go to virtue, some knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, but it's going to get less and less as you come to the headstone. See, because look right here, Brother Ram said, however, you actually don't need a revelation on water baptism. It's staring you right in the face. So you don't need that kind of knowledge for water baptism. You need it down here. We need to call on God for revelation more than anything else in the world. We have accepted the Bible. I'll finish right here. Come on, musician. Come on now. We have accepted the Bible. Amen? We have accepted the great truths of it, but it still is not real to most people. Wow. Because the revelation by the Spirit is not there. The Word has not been quickened. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that we have become the righteousness of God by what? By knowing. What is a union? Adam knew his wife. Christ knew his bride. Knows his bride. By our union with Jesus Christ, did you get it? It says that we are the very righteousness of God himself by being in Christ. It says that he, Jesus, became sin for us. It does not say he became sinful, but became sin for us. That we, by our union with him, we might become what? The righteousness of God. The word made flesh. If we accept the fact, and we must, we must have knowledge on this fact. That he literally became sin for us by his substitution for us. Then we must also accept the fact that we are by union with him have become the very righteousness of God. To reject one is to reject the other. To accept one is to accept the other. Now we know the Bible says that it can't be denied. But the revelation of it is missing. So Brother Ram said pray for revelation more than anything. Pray for revelation. It can't be denied, but the revelation of it is missing. It is not real to the majority. Now, look, it's not real to the majority of Satan's kids. That's not what that said. It said it is not real to the majority of God's children. Wow. It is just a good verse in the Bible. But we need to have it made alive to us. That will take revelation. Let's stand to our feet. That will take revelation. And it talks about being our senses being exercised to discern both good and evil. The word discern is to separate, make a distinction, discriminate, or to prefer. If you have inside you the Holy Ghost today, it will discern whether what I told you is right or not. Whether whether your body and and, and part of you know the spirit part of you denies it. Inside your soul, you've got to punctuate it with an amen if you're born again. And you can say, I don't understand that. Listen, because everything's not going to be just dropped into your lap. You've got to listen. You've got to study. Amen. Kindergarten versus 12th grade. You've got to start kindergarten to get to 12th grade. All right? <clears throat> That's the same way in God. That's the way I can understand God. It's just by the natural life that we live. And that's what the Bible tells us. So let's sing a song. God bless you. Me more like thee.
You know, you, you in the world, they want to be a sports star or they want to win the lottery or they want to become this or become that. I want to be a better Christian. Amen. Amen. And the whole world, they have their 
ways of doing things. If their special sports team doesn't win, they go drink some alcohol. That devil will tell them, just go drink yourself to death and you'll forget about it. Go take some drugs. Go let somebody be sorry for you. That don't even sound good. But that's what they do out there. Inside of here, if we have heartaches and trials, we go to God. We call a brother. We call a sister. Hey, pray for me, man. I'm having a bad day. I'm having trouble. Send a WhatsApp. Please pray. And you put everybody together and everybody starts praying. I like that. I told Brother Ron Spencer when I saw him a couple back in uh, uh, August. I said, with all the prayers that are going for you, God's got to do something. Because Satan is just so hand-tied. Because we're praying. People across the country is praying. I believe in praying in groups. I believe in getting everybody involved. And I said, we're bombarding that thing inside of you called cancer. And you say, well, it's not, it's not been taken care of. He's still got it. What more testimony? That he can stand and preach for an hour and not preach like me. I'm talking about preach like a house on fire on a windy day. Get down on the floor and roll around with stage four cancer. You ain't never had that kind of a life. But I guarantee if you get the Holy Ghost, what greater testimony is, is for them to go back at, well, it's still there. Well, it's still there. We don't know why you're still alive. You know, they told him three years ago he had four months to live. Man can't count. Because God said, I ain't done with him yet. I ain't done with him yet. You're supposed to have this. You're supposed to have that. What? That's symptoms. Their book said he was supposed to die four months after he had the diagnosis cancer in his in his brain cancer in his lungs cancer on his liver still got it they say but it's not growing and we don't know what's going on well praise god i want the devil to be so confused till he leaves us alone amen didn't brother brown say we we the, the devil we want not where he's not even he can't not even something we want him to worry about he don't know what to do with us because we praise God even though we got needles stuck in our arms and even though we got to go to the doctor and have an x-ray and take blood pressure medicine and all that stuff. And he still doesn't wonder, why do we didn't people still come to church? Why do they still worship that man up there? Right? I want him to be so confused till he does not know what to do with this pride of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you for this day that you give us. Thank you for an opportunity to speak to the purchase of your blood. Lord, I pray that you would, these words would quicken into our heart that we all well, know more about you, Lord. And that one day you'll say, enter in, my good and faithful servant. I knew you from the foundation of the world. I know you had to go through trials. I know you had to go through tribulation. But I gave you the Holy Ghost to get through those. Lord, I pray those that don't have the Holy Ghost in this building today, Lord, that you would quicken to their heart that they need it. And that you, in the quietness of the day or the, or the stillness of the night, Lord, just whisper in their ear and say, Be my child. Be my child. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Lord, more and more. As we were talking last night, there on the pyramid up above there, it says Holy Ghost. That's a refilling. That's a saturation of the person. Lord, and it's not going to take care of our old age and our problems. But, Lord, it's going to make to where that Satan's not going to be what? He's going to be powerless, as the prophet tells us. 
Lord, I hasten, please hasten the day that he's powerless because we see him working in many ways in different people as far as sickness and depression and all the different things that people are having to go through. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that we all pray more this week, study more this week, know more about you this week, Lord. I pray that you would just be with each one, Lord, as we go eat a natural meal, come back together this afternoon, Lord, and listen to Brother Bob and Brother Luis and Sister Christine talk to us about the wonderful things you did in Nicaragua, Father. Thank you for allowing us to, to for, for a group to, to be able to go over there and to present more and more of the Word of God to the, to the believers in that, in that area. And I pray, Lord, that if time allows that we all will be able to further this gospel to the world, Lord, because they're dying and they need you, Lord. Just be with us now. Take care of us. We love you, Lord. We love you people. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ you'd be with us as we go. Amen. God bless you. You dismiss. Done for me. me.